morning and welcome to the joy of aquatics and I'm up early again so you're probably going to hear the birds I am up before sunrise so I hope you're enjoying those birds outside um, today we are speaking with Darren Lang now Darren was a big influencer in my life when I was a bit younger so I've wanted to speak with him today purely because he's got a swim school he's had it open it is now back open um, he opened as of the 1st of June and I really wanted to talk to Darren about some of the decisions and some of the variables that he had to process had to take into consideration as to when he was going to open his facility so let's hear from Darren With me right now is Darren Lang. Darren, how are you this morning? Good morning, Joy. Uh, look, I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your podcast. It's oh. just, uh, fantastic to talk to you again. I will, just can't believe how long it has been since we have had a chance to cross paths. Yeah, it's been 16 years. Exactly, Crazy. exactly. Yeah. And uh, when I was thinking about well, getting ready to catch up with you, I was thinking right back to um, uh, the national, the, the World uh, Short Course Championships to Athens. Yep. And yeah. a very young Joy Simmons um, on that team. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, the, the, the long conversations and the debates that we used to have oh my goodness yes i forgot about those oh that was back in the day when the gst was uh looking yeah. at being introduced i do remember yes of course and we're all we were all political experts back in the of course so that's right we knew exactly what was going on but um funny times funny times but um no great to talk with you again absolutely and uh, congratulations on everything that you're doing thank you thank you well congratulations on your swim school, what's it, 26 years now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're coming up 26 years this year. That's amazing. So uh, it's a journey, that's for sure. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, all right, Darren, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you were a swimmer and you run a swim school, but what is, what's your story? Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I uh, had a, a lifetime in swimming, um, <clears throat> as it turns out, but... Uh, as a, a competitive swimmer, uh, I've swum at, at all levels, right through to the Olympics. Um, my competitive career sort of lasted about 10 years uh, throughout the 90s. And um, during that time, um, it was at 1994, I, I started my swim school. I was, I, I was sort of at a point thinking, well, what am I going to be doing after I finish with this swimming thing? So it just sort of happened that I fell into this facility that uh, was available and hey we started a swim school and um, I was still training and competing at that time so it was quite an adventure just doing that um, and uh, yeah we got we got in got going and here we are as we were saying 26 years later uh, we've got two swim schools here in Toowoomba uh, one of them is our own facility which is purpose-built um, two pool facility. The other one is uh, lane space at a uh, high school mm -hmm. here in Toowoomba at Centenary Heights. Yeah. And uh, we're doing, I mean, our, our main facility peak time of the year, we're doing sort of around that 1,200 lessons a week. Wow. Um, um, where we have full access. Centenary's uh, 
a lot smaller. It's mainly a squad program, and we only have it in the afternoons. So, um, but um, uh, you know, it's enough to keep us busy, and yeah. uh, there's always something going on. Our team of uh, fluctuates around that 25 to 30 team members, um, and yeah, we all sort of come together and, and do what we've got to do. Well, that that's uh, that's pretty impressive, Darren. That's that's quite a big swim school you've got there. Quite a big program. Yeah, it's um, it, it's you know, it's it's. Uh, I've seen a lot of um, I suppose the swim school industry as such. A lot of uh, evolution goes through, particularly in its last five years. And um, you know, when you when you start off. And you're very much involved in each class, and you're you're sort of you know managing that, that lower levels. It's uh, it's it's a, such a different um, it's a different step again, of course, to to be able to step up into bigger numbers. And certainly, yeah. HR and, and and managing a team um, always becomes your 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 biggest. Um, challenge yeah, yes. uh, but no we I've, I've, i suppose i should add there i've got a i've got a great uh, leadership team yeah um which i wouldn't be able to do all this myself that's for sure they're uh, absolutely fantastic but, oh yeah. that's good that's that's really good to hear yeah well no one can ever really do it on their own can they we are no, not certainly. islands in life we all rely on each other very true very true yeah all right well Darren, you've just opened your swim school again this week, as of the first. How's that going for yes. you? <clears throat> it's been really good. Um, I've been very happy with how it's gone. Um, it's been a huge challenge. Uh, the yeah. logistics of, of of implementing all of the initiatives that we've put in place is it's been extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and we're spending each day, or sort of two days today, the third day, but I'm out there just watching how it all flows and mm-hmm. helping the team just get used to the new uh, these these new parameters they've got to uh, got to work with. Yeah. Um, customer customer take up. Um, we're probably sitting at about sixty or seventy percent of where I want to be. Yeah. Um, but we still are progressing through the week we're still bringing in bookings each day um of course now in queensland as of monday they brought in stage two parameters yeah haven't really considered that just yet um just really want to bed down what we're doing right now yeah and then we'll have have another look at uh what else we're able to do once we feel comfortable with what we've got going at the moment yeah but um it's been great and look customer feedback has been fantastic um the, it sounds maybe it sounds corny i don't know but seriously sitting there listening to the kids laughing and <laughs> and having fun in classes uh, it, it really is fantastic and um it, you know, for a lot of families uh, they've missed their swimming lessons uh, greatly and um and they're very happy to be back in the water and, and getting that experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, it um, makes me happy to know that you've been able to open. Um, Darren, what were some of the variables that you had to consider before opening? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a it was a long process, um, and we really, you know, I think like a lot of swim schools, I'm sure they're 
while we don't know all of the parameters we've got to uh, we've got to meet, we're, we're sort of we were planning for weeks just about how it was going to work, and then then we really sort of honed everything once we knew what the, the variable or the parameters were rather. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but certainly the number one param- uh, variable is the safety of our families and our team. Yeah. Um, and getting an understanding of of how. You know, we, we needed to have total control over the environment at every point throughout uh, a, a team member coming into their shift through to a customer coming through for their lesson. Um, so that meant really analysing what does what is what is our admin contact look like yeah. um, in this situation, and then t- thinking about how does a, a family arrive at the pool and their movement through the the facility uh, changing before and after classes and then of course lesson content while we're socially distancing so getting getting confident that we could deliver on all those uh, items was our number one priority and um, and uh, getting that in place has been very rewarding to to look and see how it actually works Certainly, the viability of reopening is important, um, but you know it's stage one. If if we can break even, I'd be really happy. Um, yeah. we, but we're not, and we're not going to be far off that. I and mean, then we might be slightly above that. Certainly, having JobKeeper in place is, is, a, is a great help. We couldn't do it without JobKeeper. Yeah. Um, but when I really thought about this. Um, I just thought it was important for us to be able to open with very low numbers so that we can put these systems in place and watch them and, and see them. And uh, rather than, I suppose, if we were to open on a stage three level where you know we, we, we may be able to have 50 to 100 people back in the facility, yeah. uh, you know, that's just a fair way more outside our control when nobody sort of knows or understands how it's going to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, we've got a, another thing I you know, really sort of keep an eye on. We, we've had a number of people. I mean, part of the biggest challenge that we've had, at myself and my leadership team, is we've got a number of team members who didn't qualify for JobKeeper and didn't qualify for JobSeeker. Mm, um, that's tough. And very, very tough. And we... As much as we can, we've been trying to support uh, and help these team members through and stay in touch and uh, all the rest. I mean, and I, while I am very keen to be able to access JobKeeper, particularly stage one numbers coming back in, I've got I've got some of these team members back in the shift, back on shifts, so that they, you know, they're they're getting an income, and yeah. um, uh, you know, it's important for us to do and. I guess the last thing you would be also, I mean, it's just our families, you know, our families who were really keen to get in and get going. You know, swimming and, and water safety, and I don't have to tell you this, but I mean, water safety is just such an essential part of our Aussie kids' education. Yeah. And it's um, what we do as swimming instructors, you know, I often tell my team, you know, you, you don't often you don't see the real benefit of what you're doing because you're, you're saving lives. But you know, the, the amount of times over the years parents have have come in 
like on a Monday morning and said, oh my gosh, you know, we were at a barbecue over the weekend and and my child fell in the water and by the time we knew what was going on, they had already turned around and got to the side of the pool and saved themselves. And, you know, yeah. like what we do is such an important part of, of you know, um, it's such a, it's so important for our kids. So yeah. I think we, we, we owe it to our families to, if we've got the opportunity to um, get back in the swim of things, Although it's challenging, it's difficult. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, we've got the, the we've got the um, we really should you know, work as hard as we can to make that happen. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that's that's. I guess it's it's heartwarming to know that the I guess the values behind getting back in, like it's 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 there for the right reason. It's it, you're you're doing it all for the right reason not just for viability, not just to make money, because at this stage, I mean, you you may not, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's still been a consideration. But the fact that, you know, you're trying to get your staff back into work, you want the kids learning water safety, I guess that's what's really important in our industry. That's why so many of us do what we do. So, yeah. 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 Good job. Good job, Darren. Yeah. Um, Can you tell the teachers that are listening all about your survey? Because you have done a fantastic job with that. Tell us about that. Well, um, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to tech and and the data and (laughs) and all these sorts of things. So uh, I did find myself with a bit of time on my hands. And I was wondering, uh, this is going back now a good four to six weeks, I was just wondering what our customers were thinking um, and you know, as we were right in the, in the thick of it all and what, were, what, what, what was it going to look like on the other side when we reopened? And I thought, well, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to get a survey out to our customers yeah. and, and sort of get some feedback and get a bit of an insight into it. Now, I started to do this. I, I started to present some results in various, um, to share those results um, in various uh, groups, uh, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, other people were very keen to do it. And I think we've run we've run out about thirty about thirty swim schools have now done the survey with their customers, and yeah. um, we've done it in such a way that I, I, I it's it's cheaper for everyone if I just run it through my system and then yeah. I share the they give them the results. Anyway, it's it's enabled me, I suppose, to get a little bit of an overview of results across um, different parts of Australia. <laughs> but um, you know, some of the, 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 the and just to add on to that, once we once we had great success with that from a customer point of view, we I then we then did two other surveys. We did a, a survey specific to our teachers, and then we did a survey for swim school owners. So the sort of three major yeah. stakeholders in in what we do. So yeah, there are some some very interesting results. But you know, just to give you a bit of a, a snapshot of a few things that I think jumped out at me that were important you know customers keen to return to swimming um you know between 60 and 80 percent of customers are are keen to not just keen to come back to swimming but they just go and look they're they don't really have a, a great concern about the cv19 they're just they're just really keen to get back and get swimming um wow. which is a it's a very strong number i think um, yeah. And certainly what's important about that is to be looking very closely at 
the the people who do have a concern. And this was this gave us some great insight when we actually were able to drill down into well, what is what are our customers concerned about? Are those who of those who um, are feeling a bit concerned? And you know, one of the things that came um, through to me was I think customers felt confident that as a swim school we had the ability to control the environment and provide a, a safe environment, but they were they were a little bit concerned about other customers uh, as such. So um, mm-hmm. that's and, and primarily about other customers not not coming along to swimming if they if they're exhibiting um, um, cold or flu like symptoms, etc. So that was quite yeah. interesting. So you know, from from my point of view, I've done a lot of a lot of work on education to parents about um, just you, you don't come to swimming if you've got you know, a sniffle or a cough or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, you, we've relaxed our already very flexible makeup policy, so no one's going to miss out on their lesson or their money or anything like that. Yeah. So those sorts of things really rose to the top and very important. Um, some of the I gave customers the chance to say, well, what what do you consider are the four most important um, um, initiatives to stop transmission of of the virus, etc. And some of the highest priorities are, you know, they're, they're pretty pretty easy or, or stock standard accessibility to hand sanitizer dispensers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, encouraging a get in. Arrive, get in, do your lesson, get out and go. Approach to to swimming. Yeah. Uh, obviously, social distancing, um, <clears throat> relaxed makeup policies. I'm just reading off this list that I got here, but uh, yeah, cash cashless transactions and like some of the low priorities actually was interesting. So sneeze barriers, customers don't really see that as a as a, as a great need as such. Teachers wearing a face mask was very much a low priority. And this is a really interesting one. Um, we might talk a little bit further about later on, yeah. but our customers don't really feel a need to see teachers in a face mask. Um, and, and contactless teaching was one of the lowest priorities for our customers. So, wow. you know, there's a lot of discussion going on about or teaching within the 1.5 metre social distancing rule in, in a class. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> certainly, it seems from a customer point of view, that's not uh, a great priority for them. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, look, there was a whole range of other, other data that came out. I, I, I posed a what I call a um, apprehensive score. So how apprehensive are we to come back and getting involved in swimming and yeah. it's a score rating between uh, one and ten and um, customers apprehension was down around around three out of ten so ten wow. being really apprehensive so very, I think customers are, are seeing us and what we do and they, they trust us and they're very keen to get back into it similarly when I did this with teachers um, I had a 3.8 apprehensive score. So teachers, by and large, were were confident about getting back in and getting going. Um, yeah. Certainly, showing a bit of um, concern about close proximity teaching. Yeah. Um, interestingly, on that one, when I ran that question for swim school owners, I got a much higher score, at, uh, nearly six out of ten. So 
swim yeah. school owners, I, I see, are, are taking on a bit of apprehension. They just want to make sure that, I guess, they're making sure that they, they're able to offer that um, that safe environment for everyone involved. But that's swim kind school of, owners. It's, I sorry, would, I would I would say that's kind of typical of us as swim school owners. Um, you know, we get in the industry to to try and keep people safe. So, you know, if we're opening our doors and we're not keeping people safe, I I can totally relate to that. And I, 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 yeah, I'm not surprised by that result. So that's just who we are, isn't it? (laughs) Well, that's, that's true. And it's, it's, but it's also, we also carry, we also carry other concerns and, and that again, viability is a concern. Uh, Can we pay our bills if we do this? Um, you know, can we pay? Can we continue to pay wages when we, when JobKeeper finishes? And there's there's a swim school owners, um, uh, small business people. Uh, I think get viewed as oh, you'll be right, um, you, you'll be fine, and you, you you make money when you're when you're operating a business, and you'll be totally fine. It's not it's not as easy as that no. at all. No, it's not. And. And it has to be it has to be identified, or I hope people understand. In this whole situation, I think our government has been, by and large, fantastic in their support. If there's yeah. one criticism, it is, you know, uh, from a, a team member point of view, um, and employees have been really well looked after in most cases. Yeah. But from a small business point of view. Our only support has been access, to domin- apart from being able to put on hold various uh, fixed expenses, our only support has been the ability to get low interest loans. Yeah. So, and, and I've had to, I've had to access that to to, to just pay my bills mm-hmm. while we have no income coming. So, it's sort of like, well, great, we we get a chance to go into debt, which we're going to be paying off now for the next ten years. That's yeah. But I remember at the time going, yes, all right, we're going to make it. And then immediately after I go, ah, now I've got another loan to pay back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're right, Darren. There's always that fine line between our values and actually making a profit. So, I mean, if we don't, if we don't make a profit as a swim school owner, we're not going to be there in the future to do lessons for others. So, that's you know, that's, very true. it has to be such we, a big part of the decision-making process of what it looks like when we come back and when we come back. So, yeah. yeah. We, can't, but, we can't dance around the fact that we are a business and we live in a society where we, we have to make a profit and a profit yeah. that's, that's, you know, uh, able to, enable, that's there to enable us to continue providing that business. And... And all of our values, that doesn't change our values of why we do it and how we do it, but we just, we just, we live in a society where that is just what we have to do. And there's a, obviously, there's a tremendous amount of um, variables that we've got to keep in play. Um, and sometimes you've got to try and educate customers and educate team members that, you know, just if you can for a moment, take, Take a bit of time to just try and understand the the what what business owners are going through, and yeah. um, it's it's a real challenge. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It it sounds like you're riding that 
that fine line between your values and, and profit closely. And it sounds like you're actually doing that really well with having the facility open and getting people through and, you know, just even the survey reaching out to your customers to, you know, find out what they're thinking and what's important to them. That's, that's fantastic. It is really, well, it's, really yeah. great. Yeah, it, 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 we, are, we are all customer-based, um, so we, we have to start by listening to our customers. But I'd also tell, as I tell my team, you know, we want to please our customers, but we're all, we are also the experts in the field. And so yeah. our customers also come to us for yeah. expert direction. So, you know, um, you certainly have a percentage of customers that will 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 have a very hard line maybe against um, a few things that you're doing or, or your, or mm-hmm. I don't know, different aspects of how you run your business. But you, we, as the experts, we know, well, we, we have to do it that way. Like there's just no, you know, in, in some items, there's just no two ways about it. It just has to happen that way. Yeah. So again, you, you, you don't, I, I say, you, you don't be afraid to call yourself the expert in this field because and, and and know that customers come to you because of that and have confidence behind your decisions and your processes and and you can always evolve what you do analyze and evolve um, but be confident in that you are the expert moving forward yeah oh kind of kind of feel like I want to come and work for you <laughs> <laughs> oh, I it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So, <laughs> you know, I, whenever I'm doing it, whenever I'm we're doing an interview for a team member or I'm coming in, <clears throat> I have this line. I go, now working here at the DLSA, in our team DLSA, we're one big family. Yeah. I said, notice if I didn't say one big happy family. <laughs> we're one big family. I said, you know your family. You know you can have, you know, disagreements and, mm-hmm. and squabbles and things like. That's yeah. what that's what families are, but we all but we all respect each other, yeah. and that is our key. That is our key, our core of which respect yeah. amongst our team. Yeah. So we can have disagreements, and we can we can do that, but we respect each other, and just like a big family, we 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 address a situation. If there's a problem, we address it. Yeah. And we talk it out, and we, we we find our position, and maybe that's we agree on something, or maybe we agree to disagree, and then we move on. Yeah. Um, but no, we we have our share, and a big and it's a big team. You just you always have um, different sorts of little things going on. So yes, you've got to uh, you've got to uh, try and develop a culture to handle that. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a topic uh, for another episode. Yes, yeah, certainly. certainly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now, you did briefly touch on some of the initiatives that you've put in place. Darren, what changes have you got in place that you that have allowed you to open again? What have you done specifically? Mm. What What is it like to, um, I guess, more so relating for the teachers, what changes can they expect when they come <clears throat> back to work? I guess that's what I'm yeah. really trying to nut out. Yes, certainly. It's, it's very, it's, it's really extensive. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but if we talk, let's say we talk from a team point of view. So we need to, we 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 really thought about our team and how they how they how are they going to turn up for their shift, um, yeah. get prepped for their shift, move their way through their shift, and then leave. So if we focus on that and some of the things that we've we've had our 
CV19 teaming in workshops now and walked mm-hmm. through this process with everyone. Um, but change in a little bit of a change in, um, oh, not, it, 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 very much a change in what it means to come to work, I suppose. But yeah, you know, we our team needs to turn up, and we talk about turn up um, ten minutes before your scheduled uh, shift. Um, with your togs on underneath your, you know, appropriate clothing, yep. warm clothing at this time yep. of the year right now. It's very cold here in Toowoomba. And if anyone um, from overseas doesn't know what togs are, that is your swimsuit. Oh, togs. Yep. Yep. Put your swimsuit on <laughs> <Sure>. underneath. <laughs> Queensland. Queensland yeah. for swimsuit. Um, so we turn up We turn up with our gear ready to go. It's, it's in. Drop your gear in the team room. There's no standing around the team room. Um, it's getting yourself set signing in, it's hand sanitizing all through that process yeah. and, and then it's out on pool deck. And now um, getting the shift started, so from a te- again, just sort of staying with the teacher from a teacher's point of view, yeah. um, we, we are talking, we've classified our classes into three different, uh, um, our different levels into three different classifications. So we've got spaced classes, yeah. uh, so spaced classes, we've got moderate proximity classes, and we've got close proximity classes. So this is all dealing about during a class and during a lesson plan, what classes are on, during the class, how, what is the opportunity for a, a teacher to have to get closely within 1.5 metres and face-to-face with a swimmer? Um, so space class, like our infant and toddler program, we can go totally hands-off and remain... So um, socially distant. Yeah. So teachers are obviously teaching with uh, or showing with a um, skills and drills where they would usually take a child and do and, and demonstrate a drill. They're using a life-size doll. Okay. Yeah. Um, the big one we're missing there is that is that child swimming unassisted, uh, parent to teacher, etc. But we've got other other. In toddler levels, when the age is appropriate, we've got other ways we can do that by simply coming off a, a submerged ledge to a parent, etc. Yeah. Um, moderate proximity classes are where a teacher might be going. You know, I, t- I term it as high-end learn to swim. Let's say we're, we're teaching breaststroke kick, uh, manual manipulation of, bre- of, of of the legs during breaststroke kick, child in a prone position. Uh, a, a teacher goes in, they're hands-on, they're within that 1.5-metre rule but, uh, um, distance. But if you can imagine, <clears throat> the child's in a prone position, the face, his face has, is facing away from the teacher while they manually manipulate the legs. That's totally fine. Close proximity classes, they're the challenge. And they're what yeah. we what in my program I call water confidence one and water confidence two. Yeah. And that's where we're trying to assist children into prone positions, so staff loading uh, with full assistance mm-hmm. and very close contact assistance. So that's a challenge. We're, we're actually not doing close proximity classes just at the moment. Uh, we, are, we are waiting off on that. Um, but we've got plans in place as to how that will work yeah. and, and strategies as such. Um, but <clears throat> so getting the teachers talking to teachers about where they where where are they positioning themselves during a moderate proximity class, and how do they approach a child to go hands on to to do manual manipulation? So we did some trial classes last week, and we had the whole team in 
Um, and, you know, a couple of very interesting things. I said to my teachers, your teaching practices have to evolve. And we had a teacher in the water um, doing a, a helping with a butterfly, manual manipulation, a butterfly kick, holding the hips, yeah. trying to encourage that movement at the hips. And wanted to correct the chi- correct the child and started talking to the child while holding in that prone yeah. position. And you could imagine the child sort of turning back towards the teacher, listening, and they were within this 1.5-metre range and face-to-face. And I said, look, this is, hold up. This is what I'm talking about. Like, you need to – if you need to – yeah, if you need to talk with the child, you need to – they need to go back into a stand position, you – Move back outside that 1.5 meter range, mm. and you 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 do your verbal correction then, and then restart. Um, I'm also just getting the teachers to think about <clears throat> that they need to increase the quality of their visual yeah. demonstrations. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh! I, and I, as I, I said to them, like, I mean, you've heard me. You know, I've been talking about this for years. I would agree. Years, but I would agree. I'm serious. Like now, this is that. another. This is another. Uh, turn this into a strength because if you can't get hands on to manually manipulate, for instance, we do high to sky arms, a straight arm freestyle recovery for learn to swim levels. But I, I every you know, you see teachers just all right. Now we're doing high to sky arms and and. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of lax what, how they show yeah. that skill, and invariably you then see the child take off and do the drill, and they do exactly what they just saw, you know. And uh-huh. so I've challenged it again. I've, I keep going back to it. Your your teaching practices have to evolve, uh-huh. and one great way for you to get your message across if you can't be hands on is become better at visual display. Yeah. Um, and particularly works for children, of course, who are visually orientated in their learning. Um, same, uh, similarly, your mm-hmm. explanations. Um, we've got certainly a very strong set of key words and how we describe yeah. skills and drills, etc. But we know also that sometimes, if you're working with some children, they just need to have need to hear it a different way. Um, yeah. So just getting teachers to to be thinking on that level is an important one. The other, the other big change for teachers is mm-hmm. um, the changeover break. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how long this is going to be in place. It, it might be the new norm. But currently, in an infant program, we have 15 minutes changeover. But a lesson finishes um, because of facility um, yeah. social distancing and movement of people throughout the facility. We've got 15 minutes before the next class nice. starts. And the teacher needs to... We've got a disinfectant cycle for all of our toys so it's a one one use only uh, for all of our toys and then they get disinfected so teachers are now taking on that role um it's a system of 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 crates that i've got that soak the soak the toys in in disinfectant pre-organized disinfectant and then and then learn to swim levels um Teachers are spraying down kickboards or hand floats. Um, we're also minimising that use. So, you know, it's, a, it's about rethinking, do we really need to have kickboards uh, in this level? You know, are, are we better to to go with no support and, and be just really trying to develop the, the child's yeah. core strength yeah. a little bit more so that they're not having to use swimming aids? So 
Don't... Yeah, well, there's been a lot of talk about that on some of the social media sites, and I'm like, I've actually never been a fan of using kickboards because mm. it changes mm. their the kids' body position so body much. Body position, so that's right. It's mm. it's actually not that hard to come away from equipment, guys. You you can do it. You mm. can do mm. it. I promise you. You just have to be <clears throat> creative. Yeah. You've got you've just got to be disciplined on head position and kicking action. Yeah. You know, you've got to have that body position mm-hmm. um, and a, a natural body position in place. So, you know, throughout those early um, learn to swim levels, we predominantly use hand floats. So it's a cut-up noodle with a, a yep. slot in the middle so that uh-huh. flips over the, over the fingers. Yeah, we had so, some of them too. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. So we're, not, we are, we're deliberately taking away the, the real um, heavy flotation uh-huh. or the kickboard. Yeah. And just providing something that's providing a little bit of a feeling, I suppose, mm-hmm. for the child, but it doesn't doesn't really give that much support. And when you start to break away from heavy kickboard usage, you certainly are starting to build a lot of that core strength yeah. through it that a swimmer needs. That you know, I talk to teachers all the time. Like when we walk around on land, there's there's this whole muscle set of muscles we just don't even use. That when you hop in the water. It all that that's all needed to give the body support in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, certainly reducing usage of um, or those sorts of really heavy assisted or heavy assisting uh, swimming aids yeah. is a benefit. Um, but yeah, they're the major changes. And and you know, tail end of a clutter or tail end of a shift. Again, it's about getting out, getting dried, getting uh, clothes on and warm. Uh, and signing off and leaving. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we, maybe this is the new norm, but maybe we, but maybe we'll go back to the old way in the future. But I want to encourage team environment and a team engagement and and that type of thing. But right now, it, it's it's get in, get the job done, and then get out and go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know swimming teachers yeah. do like to sort of stand around and have a bit of a chat and debrief their session. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, man, yes. that last class. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So. Yes, you can go on. But, um, yes, it's uh, it's an important one just to help with. And, we've got to, and we're doing that with our customers too. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's not something we love to see. We want to inv- – we, we try and build a, an experience when you come in for a swim. And right now the experience is – Literally, literally, very sterile, yes. literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, but that's just what we're going to do right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Oh well, Darren, thank you so much for joining me this morning and talking to us all about what you've been doing and and how it's all playing out. The decisions that you have to make as a business owner to actually get back open and running. I, I truly appreciate your time. That's no problem at all, Joy. It's been great to talk to you again. It really has. And again, I, I said it earlier, but congratulations to you for everything that you've been doing. And, and this podcast has been a, a fantastic success. So well done. But also with your um, your water safety uh, initiatives over the years, Thank I've been you. seeing that as it evolves. It's yes. a, a fantastic achievement. Well yeah, done. Slowly getting there. But thank you. Good. Fantastic. Well, there it is, guys. Darren, thanks again for coming in. I truly appreciate your time. I know how valuable it is. 
Um, for everyone listening, it's actually taken me a bit of time to get a hold of Darren. He is one very busy man. So um, I guess the big things that I, I really want the teachers to know is that, yes, we want to open up our swim schools. We want to get you guys back to work. But sometimes there are more things at play. The viability of a business is really, really important. And if we can't make a profit, we can't be there in the future, which means you don't have a job in the future and we can't keep running lessons for kids in the future. So I know it might be frustrating if you're not back in the water yet, even though there could be potential for you to be back in the water. But hold on, those restrictions are slowly being eased and your employer will hopefully be getting you in as soon as possible now that is it from me for today in the future i have i've been a bit sneaky i have gone ahead and i've done some interviews um, for the coming weeks already and as darren and i were talking about um earlier about another topic um, I've actually covered something quite close to that topic so we will have some interviews coming out very soon. I am going to be going back to releasing an episode every two weeks so I kind of need to get back into the swing of my things now that the kids are back at school I've got a few projects on my plate so guys please happy swimming if you can and if not keep creating happy creating. Happy creating.